All right, welcome back to another edition of the podcast. I am Jesse, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bearcats football team. Now, I have not done a podcast since the Bearcats hired a new head coach, and also their former head coach, Luke Fickle, left us to go to Wisconsin. Okay, then. I wanted to do a reaction podcast to it because... At the moment, when I first found out that Luke Fickle was leaving to accept the job as the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, I was very confused. And I was very, I was low-key mad because I'm like, okay, this man accepted a job before the Bearcats bowl game, which is on... December 17th, and Luke Fickle has been the head coach for the Badgers for now, two weeks now. It was pretty much safe to say that Luke Fickle's foot was already out of the door before the season. And it sucks that he didn't really care about this season for the Cincinnati Bearcats football team because... He was already thinking like, okay, I'm going to apply for other jobs. I'm going to interview for these jobs. And I already did my job here in Cincinnati. He always said that he was going to make Cincinnati Bearcats football a top 10 program. He said once he finished that goal, he set out for this university, for this football team, then he will probably leave. I thought he will leave for the Ohio State job. He interviewed for the Michigan State job, which I did not know until two weeks ago, to the aftermath of him leaving UC to go to Wisconsin. <clears throat> and then last year, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, and we all thought that Luke Fickle was going to take that job because Notre Dame's a big job to have. But then former Bearcats defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman took that job. And now... Reading a lot of articles, Fickle felt that he lost that opportunity to become Notre Dame's football coach. And he didn't want to miss that opportunity again with the Wisconsin job being presented to him. So, yeah. And also, what kind of really rubbed me the wrong way is that after UC defeated East Carolina, this was on a Friday night in November... The next day, Fickle interviewed for the Wisconsin job. I had a problem with that because I'm like, you preach every season. You don't want to have distractions here and there. You're going to get people calling you, wanting them to become your next football coach for their team. You're going to get all that distraction, but you want to focus on the season. And at that time, the Bearcats were still playing for a shot to win their third straight American Athletic Conference championship. So you would think that he's focusing on getting his team right and hopefully playing for a shot at winning the title. So it's just kind of fucked up that after the ECU game, the next day he was already interviewing for the Wisconsin job. That, that, That I have a problem. Because of what you preach about, we're going to play for championships, blah, blah, blah. Really? Really? And I am not trying to hate on Fickle. I love what he did 
for this university. He's been here for six seasons. He did a lot. He got this program to the college football playoff. He was the first coach to ever take a non-Power 5 team to the CFP. That's a big deal. Bearcats winning 10-plus games, all this stuff. Nine drafted players in the NFL draft this year. He did a lot for this program, and I'm forever grateful for what he did. I just didn't like the way he left Cincinnati. I didn't like how he interviewed for a job in the middle of the season when you're playing for a championship. I didn't like that at all. Like, I knew after this season ended, after their bowl game, that he was going to probably interview for jobs. And then if he would have gotten a job, then I'll be like, okay, that's fine. You know, six seasons, great. It's just Wisconsin. That's what I'm thinking. Wisconsin, you really want to go there? I know the NIL and all that stuff. And people are saying, according to people that I know that are involved with Cincinnati Bearcats football, that apparently Fickle was talking to other media personnel about the lack of NIL when it comes to the Bearcats and NIL when it comes to money and stuff. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, damn. Damn, damn. And you really you didn't really hear Fickle talk about the NIL until his first presser being introduced as the football coach for the Wisconsin Badgers. Interesting. And and his wife Amy already made a trip to what to Madison, Wisconsin like a month ago. To scope out the place, probably get some, see some houses and stuff and where they're going to live, all that stuff. So, this is me not trying to bash Fickle at all. Because uh, he did one hell of a job here in Cincinnati. I just, just the way this thing has unfolded is just, to be honest. And his son, Lando Fickle, who plays for the Cincinnati Bearcats football team, He's not going anywhere. He said that he is not going to be in the transfer portal and that he's going to stay as a Bearcat. Love it. Love it. So good luck at Wisconsin, Luke. You get to face Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Good luck. I feel like Fickle is probably want to go to Wisconsin so he can beat Ohio State and then... Say if Ohio State lets go of their head coach right now, who is Ryan Day, who is during the college football playoff right now. Say if they let him go, and then Fickle probably beats Ohio State, you know, twice during his tenure and all that stuff. And say if the OSU's job is, say if it's open, and Ohio State comes calling to Luke and say, "Hey, you want to, you want to come back to Columbus? You know, reunion." I wouldn't doubt Fickle saying, sure, why not? I wouldn't doubt him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt him doing that, honestly. So good luck at Wisconsin and all that stuff. I don't wish no ill will at all because of the things he's done here in Cincinnati. Just didn't like the way things ended here. Didn't really. So, bye. Okay, so with Luke gone, we need a head coach. And after Fickle left, every Bearcat fan in the world... 
or just looking to see who's out there, who's available, who's which coordinator in offense and defense, former head coach out there that is going to be a candidate for the Cincinnati Bearcats football job positioning. I did my I did my I did my writings as well. My candidates that I want. I think we all wanted Deion Sanders, including myself, and now he's in Colorado. And honestly, Deion just is it's pretty much him and him only. I feel like it's just all about him, which okay. Don't think he's gonna last in Colorado because I feel like he's gonna stay there probably two years and then he's gonna leave to go somewhere else. Just saying. I think we all wanted Deion because he played baseball here in Cincinnati for the Reds. He liked he liked Cincinnati. And he'll bring recruiters and with hopefully a new brand deal coming with Cincinnati Bearcats Athletics going to Jordan potentially next year instead of Under Armour. Thank God. That would have helped when it comes to recruiting and NIL and all that stuff. That would have been big time. But just lately, just seeing Dion just making it all about him. Kind of glad we didn't get him. <clears throat> so I'm trusting our athletic director. John Kenningham, our president, Neville Pinto, please get the best coach out there. A coach that is ready, a coach that is proven. Maybe doesn't have a lot of experience. I don't, yeah, sure, you want experience, but a coach that is like ready to coach. A coach that is ready to make that next step because after the American, the Bearcats are going to the Big 12 Conference next year. So, yesterday, Monday, as this is Tuesday as I record this podcast, I get a notification on my phone and my friend says, hey, the Bearcats got a coach. And I'm like, oh shit, who is it? Scott Statterfield. I'm like, all right, who's this guy? Scott Statterfield. Scott Statterfield. That name rings a bell. Wait a minute. This guy used to coach at Appalachian State. Okay, I know that name now. That's what I was thinking in my head. And then I did my Googles during the day, and I'm like, Scott Statterfield? Really? That's the last person I expected. I even had that guy in my list of candidates that I want to coach this team. So when they say Scott Statterfield... I'm over here like, what? Wait, okay, that's all right. Like, what? I just feel like if Cunningham really did his job and like really looked out there to see who's the best available and interviewed them. And he said, after Luke left, the day after, with the presser to the media and to the fans, he said that this is going to be a fast search. And I'm like, I was kind of afraid about that. I was like, um, like, I get it. You want a football coach, but I don't want it to be a fast process. Like, don't delay it, but don't make it that fast, bro. But I get it with the transfer portal that started yesterday at 2 p.m. I know you kind of get a head coach, but damn. But I didn't think it was going to be Scott Statterfield. So, I was able to sit on it for a day, and honestly, I'm really just meh about it. It's not like, oh my gosh, yay! It's like, okay, um, he did 
well at Appalachian State. So let's look at his credentials. So Scott Statterfield, he is 49 years old. He played at Appalachian State from 1991 through 1995 as a quarterback. And then he was a coach, a receiver coach at App State in 1998. And then in 1999 through 2002, he was their running back coach. And then from 2003 to 2008, he was their quarterback coach. And then he went to Toledo as their quarterback coach and play game coordinator. And then... In 2010 through 2011, he was the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator at Florida and FIU. And then from 2012, he went back to Appalachian State and he was their offensive coordinator and quarterback coach and assistant head coach as well. And then he got the coaching job at App State finally. And he had five seasons there from 2013, from 2018. In the seasons, he went 8 and 4, 7 and 4, 11 and 2, 10 and 3, 9 and 4, 10 and 2. For an overall record of 51 and 24, he got three Sun Belt titles and he was coach of the year in the conference in 2018. And then he left Appalachian State to go to Louisville and he spent three seasons there from 2019 to 2022. He was a head coach there with a winning record of 25 and 24 overall, eight and five, four and seven, six and seven. And this past season being his last season at Louisville, he went seven and five. You know what's the funny thing is, is that the Bearcats played the Cardinals in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl on December 17th, as I mentioned earlier. That's an 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN2. It's very awkward, but Statterfield did said in his introduction presser yesterday that he will not be there, he won't be coaching, that he'll be recruiting. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, I'm glad you're doing that because that would have been hella awkward, to say the least. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to read you some quotes from the presser, so give me a second. Okay, so his opening statement began like this. What an honor is it for me to be here? It truly is. I am honored to be a football coach, to be able to help mentor young men. Not a better place to do that than right here at the University of Cincinnati. I will go into that a little bit, but I do want to thank several people from off the top. So he basically thanked the UC's president. He thanked athletic director John Cunningham, and he thanked his wife and kids. And he thanked the people down at Louisville as well and the athletic director. So he took over a mess in Louisville with Bobby Petrino and all that shit that went down. So for him to, he did a, I mean, yes, you look at the overall record he did in Louisville for those four seasons, 25 and 24. It doesn't really ring a bell. It doesn't ring you be like, oh my gosh, that's great. Eh. But like I said, he didn't inherit a mess there. Okay, so this is what he said on his recruiting plan. He said, I am 100% about the currently committed guys that 
we, they have in Cincinnati. That's why I'm going to do this afternoon. We are going to try to reach out to those guys. We want them to get them on board, bring them in, hopefully this weekend. It's a big weekend because the Bearcats play Xavier in the annual Crosstown Shootout. We will have a big weekend to bring them up for an official visit. They have to get to know me, obviously, and kind of our style of a program that we're going to have is a top priority as well as going out and finding other guys that we think will fit our program. Yeah, I mean, duh, you want to be committed to the guys you have right now because ever since Luke left, a lot of players have decommitted that committed to Cincinnati when Luke was there. And also you have players that were on the team that are now putting their name out there in the transfer portal. So it's important that Satterfield really, 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 number one, build that relationship with the players that he has right now in the program and also the players that are going to be in the program in the future, the committed guys in high school. Got to build that relationship. You have to build that trust. Okay, this is what he said on the importance of the transfer portal. He said, in quote, when they created the transfer portal, I think as a college football coach, you have to embrace it. If you don't, you're going to get passed up, in my opinion. It's the world we are living in, and we will embrace the transfer portal. We can go out and try to find some guys that will come in here and positively impact our team. I can't really speak on positions I don't know. When I go back and start evaluating a roster and see where we're at, then then we will kind of prioritize maybe whom we need to bring in. There's a lot. Today is the first day that the portal is open. That was being yesterday, and I haven't had time to look at it today, but there will be a time when we'll look at that. And again, we want to bring in some of the best talent in the country to come here and help us play. So we are certainly going to utilize the portal. Yeah, they better utilize the portal. God damn it. With the players that we lost to the portal and the players that have decommitted out of the program, it's important to take advantage of the portal. So hopefully, hopefully he does that. <clears throat> okay. He said, okay, this is what he was asked on he if he asked for more investment into the program from leadership. He said, and quote, yes, it is something we talked about, but quite frankly, I didn't have to ask for it. As I said before, the administration here wants to be good in football, and they know that we have to invest in it. For me, that's... That's one of the big reasons I wanted to be here with the leadership that we have at the helm. Yeah, we need that leadership indeed. Also, he was asked about replacing all-time winners head coach Luke Fickle. He said, I've done that before. Coach Jerry Moore was the winners head coach in Appalachian State history. It's different because not disrespecting Appalachian State. They've had a good football run in the last decade. I mean, beating Michigan was pretty much how we got exposed to Appalachian State being one of the biggest upsets in sports back in 2005. But I get that you replaced a, your school's all-time winning head coach at App State, but it's very different from Appalachian State in Cincinnati. Just saying. All right. He says, it's a challenge, right? I mean, everybody expects you to come in and kind of pick off where they left off. But I'm not Luke Fickle. We know. I'm going to be Scott Satterfield. Okay. I'm going, to do, I'm going to do the things that I think we'll need to do to be successful. 
It was the same way when I followed Jerry Moore. I have a ton of respect for Luke Fickle, what he did. He was here was a tremendous, unbelievable job, so it's difficult. We're not playing the same conference, right? It's going to be a different conference. The competition is going up, and so that presents new challenges as well. But like I said, we're going to take it day by day and do the best job we can to get the put to get the best players, the best coaches that will be able to compete in the Big 12. That is what we're gunning for. So I don't look at it that way. I look at it as a, as if we're going to do the best job we can. Well, yeah, you're replacing the all-time winners head coach in UC football history. He took them to the college football playoff last year. He got them to get nine drafted players out of the NFL draft this past season. It's a lot. A lot of shoes to fill in. For Satterfield. We'll see. Alright, this is what he was asked about. What the expectation for this team is heading into the Big 12. So the Bearcats will be in the Big 12 conference starting next season. This will be their first time in the conference. And frankly, with everything that's happened over the last two and a half weeks, I'm kind of scared for what the first season is going to bring to the Big 12 conference. So let's see what Scott said. He said, well, probably everyone expects us to win every game, right? Okay. I mean, we're going to expect to win every game. Okay. I think you have to go into that way. We're not going to, we're not going to a saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going here and try to be, you know, whatever, pick a number. We are attacking every single game to go win it in order to do that and give yourself a chance to then this off season, you have to be tremendous in the off season. You have to get great players. We have to have a great winter program. We have to be awesome in in spring practice and a great summer in order for us to be able to compete in the Big 12 when we start next season. So it starts now. Yeah, the Big 12 conference, it's a good football conference. It was really good this year. You have TCU making a college football playoff. Yeah, you have good teams in that conference. And with UC going into next season... Just don't know how it's going to go. I really hope for the best. I really do. I don't think they're going to be a bottom feeder, but I don't know. It, it depends how the transfer portal goes and Scott Scatterfield, how he, what he's going to bring in his culture to Cincinnati Bearcat football culture. We'll see. He was asked on when he started to pursue this opportunity. He said this came about very recently. And again, the reasons that I wanted to come here was was it's a championship caliber program, great leadership and a great university and athletic department. The opportunity to take a program going to a new conference. I like to challenge myself in the opportunity to be in a great city. I mean, there are so many things here that align with what I want and our family wants. And once I heard, once I had an opportunity to make to meet with the leadership here, I was like, man, this is the place I want to be. Then it was up to them to see if they wanted me. And then when that happened, it was go time. I am just excited about the future. I'm excited about moving forward with 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 it and the opportunity that we have. Hmm. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I was like. He said that it was it was a fast transition, and I don't know. I'm just I'm gonna give this man a chance. I'm gonna give this man a chance, but I'm not really wowing over this hire. Let's see what else in the presser. All right, 
So this is what he said on the transitioning into the Big 12. He said, it's all new. We're going to be playing a bunch of new teams that we haven't really faced. So we will do a great job of getting into the film and really studying these teams because you have to get a feel and a flavor for the style of play that happens in the Big 12. There are a lot of talented teams. The way you have to go about that is your fundamentals, playing smart football, and also the kind of players that you have playing for you. I don't care what league it is. It still comes down to that. We have to do everything we can here to put the best product on the field and at the same time studying the blueprint of successful teams in the Big 12. I want to go back, look, and see that they've done Certainly, we're going to do that during this offseason and really study hard to figure out how we will be able to be competitive in this league. Well, that's just great. We'll see how this goes. <clears throat> okay, that's pretty much the quotes that I wanted to see from his press conference yesterday. Now, if you guys are wondering how I feel about the hiring, I really pretty much said that. It was almost like when the Bearcats first hired Luke Fickle. I think it was 2016, and I think all Bearcat fans, including myself, we wanted P.J. Fleck, who was coaching at Western Michigan. He was the hot name, you know, out of all the head coaching candidates. Right now he's coaching at Minnesota, and they ain't going to know what's going so well right there, I'm just saying. But I didn't think Luke Fickle was going to be our head coach, and I wasn't too wow of the hire. And, well, he changed my mind during these six seasons. So I think everybody's comparing this hire for Satterfield when Tommy Tuberville was the head coach here. I think we were all – actually, we were all hyped when we got Tuberville, and then he fucked us for the next, like, five seasons. I don't know. I'm very meh about it, and – I'm going to give this man a chance. I am not going to be like saying it's the worst hire ever. It's we're just it's a wait and see process. And I hope he does well. I really do. I because I really love Cincinnati. I love this university. I love this football team. I love the basketball team. Diehard fan for life. Like I want this team to do well. And especially when we're going to be in the Big 12, we're finally going to be in a major Power 5 conference. You want to have a good coach. And I think a lot of people are saying that Satterfield is proven. Just look at his time at Appalachian State and then Louisville, the way he had to inherit that mess. I get that, but I just don't think that's a large sample for me to like actually believe that he's going to do good things at Cincinnati. He could. He could. So I'm just going to be patient with it, and I'm not going to freak out in year one. Um, he's known for being a good recruiter, but... He left a lot of a lot of stuff in Louisville that some of the fans aren't too fond of him, and also his players as well. And when I went to research that, I was like, "Oh God, that's just great." But I think that he probably needed to go somewhere different. New change of scenery. So, we'll see. I am just going to take this one day at a time. And I just hope for the best. I really do. I'm just really nervous 
about year one in the Big 12 Conference. I really am. But let's just stay positive. This is going to be a positive podcast. We're all about positivity even though at times we can be de- depressed. This is why it's called a depressed since night sports fan podcast. Honestly, we could be the Reds right now, but we're not. So, positives. Positive. Positive vibes. Okay. So, let's talk about UC basketball before we end this podcast. So, right now... Our Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball team is 6-3 on the season. And so far, it's been it's been a very frustrating season, to say the least. I know in my season preview of this team that I did on the podcast about a month ago, I said this Bearcats team is going to win between 22 to 23 games, and they're going to be on the bubble to make the NCAA tournament. And so far as we're nine games into the season, I, I don't know. So, they went to the Maui Invitational, and let's just say it was a very up-and-down tournament. So, the Bearcats played three games, and they left there at one and two. Their first game, they played Arizona, who is a top 15 team in the nation, one of the best offenses, offenses in the country. And the Bearcats went toe-for-toe. They lost 101-93. That game started at 11.30. You think I was watching that game? Hell no. Sleep was important. And then the next day, the Bearcats played the Buckeyes of Ohio State and got their asses whipped by 30-plus. That was not good. And then the Bearcats' last game of Maui, they played in the seventh-place game against Louisville. And Louisville was really bad. Holy shit, Louisville's 0-10, guys, in basketball, in college basketball so far this year. And I was afraid, leading up to that game, that UC's probably going to lose this game. The game was close at halftime, and then the Bearcats pulled away with about 10 minutes left and won by double digits. So Maui was very up and down, but I'm glad they at least came out of it with at least a W. That's all I really care is you just get a W. And then about a month ago, the Bearcats lost at NKU, Northern Kentucky University. That was just a complete shit show. Bearcats scored 40 points, 40 points in the first half, right? Yay. In the second half, the offense gave me Mick Cronin vibes. They only scored 11 points in the second half of a college basketball game. They playing against the Northern Kentucky North. What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing only scoring 11 points it just gave me just just croning vibes so that was not good but so far after the Bearcats came out from Mary they've beaten NJIT Tech the New Jersey team institution team and then they beat in Bryant that was on Sunday and Bryant made it to the NCAA tournament last year so that's a good win even though Bryant had a lot of players out with an illness an illness bug that's going around the whole fucking country lately. So, 6-3, and three, and now the Bearcats will have their annual Crosstown shootout against the Xavier Musketeers Saturday, December 10th. This is this Saturday at 3 o'clock on ESPN2. Xavier comes into this game having lost two games this year. Those two losses came against Duke and Gonzaga. And those losses have actually been really close. And I'm not really confident the Bearcats are going to win this game. Hell, 
the last decade, the Bearcats have not played well against Xavier, for fuck's sakes. But this game is in Cincinnati, and this is West's second game as head coach coaching this game. This is his first game coaching at home. I'm really just hoping for a good game. I really am. And I hope the Bearcats win. Just keep it close. If the Bearcats can keep this game close, then we might have a shot. If not, we're going to lose Xavier again. And I hate losing to Xavier. Like, I just fucking hate it. Really do. So, I just hope this team just continues to get better as the season goes along. Honestly, my expectations aren't that high. They were in that podcast preview show. Now, I'm just like, you just just continue to get better day by day. It's a day by day thing. The same with the Scott Satterfield hire. Day by day. That's where I'm going with it. Day by day with him. Day by day with the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball team. All right. I'm out. All right, guys. I will talk to you guys. Yeah. After the Bengals Browns game on Sunday. So. Yeah. We out. Peace.